When the president walked to the Episcopal Church through a phalanx of armed guards to hold up a Bible for what was a photo op, immediately after his announcement to send in the troops, I fully understood in my own frame of reference what the conflict gripping this nation is about. It's not about policy and politics. It is, at its core, a theological argument. Maybe I'm projecting my own sensibilities, since as a rabbi, I'm looking for a Jewish angle for everything. But bear me out, we have seen this before. When the Jewish people was in its infancy, the Bible tells us that a man, Abram, had migrated in a most disruptive manner from Ur of the Chaldees and began a journey that several generations later found the nascent Jewish people as slaves in Egypt. This event, more than the stories of the ancestors or even Abram's exodus from Ur, is the pivotal moment of the Jewish people. And it is in Egypt that the image of the God of the Torah is born. It's not difficult to see the story of the Exodus as a theological struggle. God versus God, V-E-R-S-E-S. Yes, I do spell verses as in Bible verses in this case. It was really one God's utterance against another's. You see, Pharaoh sees himself, as his people do, as a living God. He is a descendant of Ra, the sun god, and through his word, the sun god, the god of God, rules Egypt. It was, by every measure, and to use a modern term, a law and order kind of job, and it worked. A society can't build itself and change the world without long periods of relative stability. The problem was, though, that most of the peaceful society building was actually done by slaves. No matter what civilization you learn about, every one built on the labor of slaves is ultimately doomed. The God of the Bible is not a law and order kind of God. In fact, the God of the Torah and the Jewish Bible is a disruptive God. The mitzvot, the commandments, seek to put order and holiness into the lives of the Jewish people, and yet... Despite a few incidents of the Torah, like the Shabbat desecrator, the society never really acted like a theocracy. Even the story of Pinchas and his shishkebobbing, yes, really, is understood by the rabbis to have been a sin. Maybe one day we'll talk about that. The God of the Bible is, in fact, not simply a lawgiver, because if that was the essence of the Torah, it would have been a book simply of 613 commandments, a huge portion of which would be utterly irrelevant today since there's no sacrificial system. That's not such a great accomplishment for a law and order kind of God to allow the destruction of the sites of most of the divine commandments. No, The real disruption comes in the form of the prophets. These were the speakers of truth to the kings and their courts. They were the voices that placed themselves deliberately in the line of the king's wrath and found themselves persecuted and imprisoned, exiled and humiliated. And yet, despite all that, no matter how much they were repressed, their voices rang out. We have their words today preserved in the Jewish Bible not the word of their oppressors. 
The prophets were the perfect Jews, holy, humble, angry, impatient, and willing to speak truth to power. The theological conflict we have today is a replay of what happens when gods collide. It has been said that we create God in our own image. Somehow the standard model of the American Christian conception of God is of a white, pale, gentle Jesus and a fatherhead filled with wrath. So it shouldn't surprise us that the law and order, God filled with wrath and sending you all to hell because you got him angry, is the image of the white and powerful whose last straw is to clutch a God who is receding from sight for so many people. You see, those who study these kinds of things, especially in the Christian evangelical world, have spotted a disturbing trend in their fundamentalist communities. Simply put, people are leaving their churches, especially young people. Remember, this is a trend. It's not universal. But you will have a pretty hard time finding a young person who espouses the idea that being white and in charge is somehow a God-given right. They are seeing that the God-given rights taught by their churches or their synagogues or their mosques, rights like the God-given Second Amendment or right to own a gun, really have nothing to do with God. These young people have friends who are LGBTQ, they have different skin colors, they come from different cultures, and those cultures have their own depth and beauty, and our young people recognize it. It seems to me that the churches and synagogues and mosques that preach American exceptionalism are finding out, some in the hard way, that God blesses America only when we seek to bless each other in the image and likeness of God. I think if you look closely enough, it's safe to say that the American God of the 1950s is dying. In fact, what's going on today is, I think, a modern-day slave revolt. The image of a black man literally strangled to death on live TV has enraged black and white, Latino and Asian communities throughout this country. The protests that this event created are manifestations of the 1960s social justice movements, maybe a recreation of the exodus from Egyptian slavery. The riots and destruction of property are as imbecilic as much as they are pointless. But regardless of who is actually doing the destruction, the threat of the use of the military The gassing of Americans by Americans juxtaposed with a president standing in front of a church holding up a Bible is a theological statement that the God of law and order in the face of sorrow and anger is the one in charge. Pharaoh thought so too. His responses to the plagues were to harden his heart, as the Torah tells us. What the text never says in relation to Moses and the plagues is that Pharaoh listened. Here's a fun fact for you. The only time the expression Pharaoh listened is used in the Torah was when Moses intervened between a slave and an Egyptian taskmaster, which infuriated Pharaoh, and then he sought to kill Moses. That's found in Exodus 2, by the way. The prophets of the Bible present to us a disruptive God who demands real justice. One of my favorite prophetic rants is the third chapter of Micah. 
Look it up. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. And when the prophet Isaiah says, come, let us reason together. These are words which are called by God to pay, to pay close attention to the consequences of our actions, to listen to our prejudices and to recognize our biases. Isaiah puts in God's words an invitation to listen to him. But it's really a call to start listening to one another. Frankly, we ignore this God at our own risk. And I believe we are seeing it played out to this day. Pharaoh was so self-consumed as a God that his heart was hardened. This is just another way of saying that he was unreachable, that he shut himself up, that he ghosted everybody but his own self-assured biases. The prophet of God of the Jewish Bible knows that that is Pharaoh's default position. After all, he thought himself as a God. It also knows that if we don't start listening to the pain and cry and suffering of others, that we will hear it in many other ways, with some of those ways being destructive and painful. And we know it from our own Jewish history. We simply cannot continue as a nation without listening. The rioting and looting is serving as a catalyst for the invocation of the God of law and order. The time for that God, though, is rapidly coming to an end. And I'm sure that those who espouse that kind of God is strong and so should I be will go down kicking and screaming because it's hard to sit down with people you deem to be beneath you as that is somehow an admission of loss. Pharaoh could never do that, ever. Still, they got a fire and brimstone of threats and justifications of violence has met his time. That God, I believe, is history, even though some embers will always remain. And he is history because a new generation knows that God to be narrow and childish. Conversely, the God of the prophets demanding mutual respect, integrity, and the simple act of sitting down and listening to the pain and service of another is the voice that is emerging within this country. I'd like to think so anyways. Like the prophets, I'm trying to be positive as cities burn and people march and a pandemic continues to sweep across the nation. Because underneath it all is a cry for mutual respect and understanding a cry for human dignity on all sides, and a cry for the end to blatant abuses of power. Pharaoh knew better, or so he thought. And what happened to him? He was drowned in the sea at the end of it all. That's the metaphor, of course, for history has covered him up forever. And it is at that point, a prophetic and new vision of God began to emerge. This is the vision that each of us needs to embrace. Because, let's face it, to embrace the vision of Pharaoh will get us nowhere except drowning in our own hate.